Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When you meet someone for the first time, or if it's been a long while since you have caught up, you often will probably ask a person a question that sounds much like this. What do you do? And probably you've had a chance to ask that question any number of times these past few weeks with Christmas around and everything, as perhaps there are new people that are joining your Christmas celebrations, or you're seeing people that you simply haven't seen for a long time, and you ask them that question. And you ask them that question because the way that they answer will often tell something about who they are and what it is that they are striving for, what their goals are, at least in many times. Take, for example, myself. When I tell people that I'm a pastor, it communicates a few things to them right off of the bat. One, that I have chosen to go through some extra schooling in order to be a pastor, and that evidently I must have a love for God's word, and I must want to share that with God's people as well. And you can do this with most any answer that people will give to you, whether it's a different career path or working in the blue-collar trades, or a stay-at-home parent, or a full-time student, or someone who's filling in at an entry-level job, or even those who are enjoying the, the golden years of retirement. The way you answer, what do you do, often communicates much more than just simply what is you're doing, but what is it you're going for, your goals, or at least what you're trying to go forward to in life. And in this Christmas season, we've been asking ourselves the question, what child is this in our worship series? As we consider, who is this babe that was born to us in, in Bethlehem? It was on Christmas Eve that we learned how this person we find in the major is God's own gift to us of a Savior. It was yesterday on Christmas Day that we learned that this little baby is God himself in the flesh. And as we come on this first Sunday of Christmas, we again look at this little baby in the manger and ask him, what do you do? What is your purpose and how are you going about to achieve your purpose? And as we hear Jesus answer to us that he is our sacrifice and our substitute. And by doing this work, he will then accomplish his goal to be our savior. And in verses this morning from Hebrews chapter 2, they present Jesus to us in a very close and personal way of showing us how it is that Jesus fulfills his work of being our sacrifice and our substitute. As our sacrifice, Jesus is our brother, who is like us in many, many ways and is not ashamed of that connection in any way whatsoever. And as our sacrifice, we see Jesus as our high priest, who intercedes for us to God himself by sacrificing himself for us. And it's by this work of Jesus as our brother slash substitute and high priest slash sacrifice that we see Jesus complete his work to be our savior, that is to free us from our sins, from the devil, and from fear of death itself. It probably seems a little strange to you that we call Jesus our brother probably due to the fact that his birth predates ours by about 2,000 years. But in fact, this is the very way that Hebrews describes Jesus' family relationship to us. That when God took on flesh, that he took on the same flesh and blood that we have, and that it is in this that we find our brother. Our brother who not only shares the same body as we do, but also has the same father as we do. 
That is, Jesus, his Father in heaven, is also our Father in heaven, who has sanctified us, that is, who has made us holy. And as the book of Hebrew tells us, for that reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them, that is, us, brothers, and to assure us of how unashamed Jesus is to be our brother. He then quotes from Psalm 22 in Isaiah chapter 8 to drive this point home even further that he is our brother, and he, is, and he is so unashamedly. And because Jesus is our brother, we also can be certain that he is our substitute. And it's a good thing that he is our substitute, because if he were not, well, then Jesus' perfect life and unjust brains and innocent death would not help us in any way. It would not stand in for us as a substitute does for something else. But we can be certain that just as Jesus is our brother, as Hebrew chapter 2 tells us, is also our substitute. And that what is true for him can also be true for us, his brothers and sisters, through faith. But the thing that I sometimes wonder is, is Jesus truly not ashamed to be called our brother? Does he not try to hide the fact that he's closely associated with us sinners like we are? Think perhaps of some of the people among your friends and family. Is there anybody that you're perhaps ashamed to be associated with? Maybe it's the person who celebrates Christmas differently than you because of their different view of who this child in the manger is or is not. Or maybe it's that person that you don't necessarily like being around when they've had a bit too much, or when things aren't going their way, or when they're around a certain somebody else. And in these certain situations, when you feel ashamed to be with them, you feel that shame because they're many times a bad reflection upon you, a reflection that you don't want. And so instinctually, we try to, to minimize that connection, to cut that off, because we don't want to be associated with something like that or someone like that. What does it say about Jesus to be associated with sinners like us, to be our brother? At first glance, it would seem to be a bad reflection on him. And thinking of just us who have gathered here this morning on, uh, what, three days of church in a row, of even ourselves who have continued to make time for our Lord and to worship in his name, how we often are that bad reflection or can seem to be that bad reflection on Jesus. Who among us has stained Jesus' reputation? Because we're honestly sometimes more excited to celebrate Christmas for the earthly reasons than the heavenly reason that we find in a manger. Or, or how often do we tear Jesus' reputation down and be a bad reflection of him when we're ashamed of the name Christian that we have, especially when the world's not looking at Jesus and wondering what child this is anymore? Why, if Jesus was thinking like how we do, with those friends and families that we're ashamed to be connected to. Well, he would want nothing to do with us. He would want nowhere to be around us because there's no way that we can help him or to even be a neutral reflection of him. But Jesus doesn't try to downplay his connection to us. In fact, he's not even ashamed of it in the slightest. And that's because we are not a reflection of him. But Jesus coming down to be our brother, to share in our flesh and blood, to have the same heavenly father as we do, in fact, is a reflection of who we are, of how precious 
and cherished and loved we are by God himself. That although we have nothing to offer to our Lord and we will surely bring his name down just because we are sinners who cannot help but sin, that God loved us so much that he sent his son to be God himself in the flesh, to be our savior, so that Jesus could be our brother, to be our substitute, to live like we cannot, to pay the price that we could not, to give us what we could never earn on our own, that is to be our substitute with his death, life, and resurrection. And this is something that Jesus has nothing to be ashamed of whatsoever because it shows us how great we are in his sight and just how loving and precious and wonderful he is to become a brother, a brother to you and to me. And when we really look at Jesus as our brother slash substitute, we see how this all comes into play together when we consider his other work, that is his work to be our high priest, to be our sacrifice. We find in the book of Hebrews how it describes Jesus as our high priest with the implied backdrop of what it meant to be a high priest in Old Testament worship life. And at that time, a high priest's primary job was to intercede, to intercede for the people of Israel to God above. And many times this was done through sacrifice, where the high priest would take something, usually an animal, and would sacrifice it in the place of the people of Israel to lay upon that animal all of the sins and all the punishment so that the people could be at one with their Lord above. It's with this idea in mind we see how Jesus acts as our high priest who, sacrifice, who, who intercedes for us to God himself by sacrificing himself as the perfect substitute for each and every person. And in accord with God's plan for Jesus to be our substitute and sacrifice through his own fair share of sufferings and betrayal, it is through this work of our Savior that he frees us, that he frees us from our sins. The Bible says many times over that the price for sin is death itself. And because Jesus is our substitute, who is our brother, we can be certain that when he died on that cross, that it was the death that we should have received, that he took our sins upon himself and received the full punishment that should have been given to us, the punishment that we incurred. And because that he has died in our place, we are now free from sins. We get to bask in the forgiveness of our God himself. It's because of Jesus and his work as our substitute and our sacrifice, our brother and our high priest, that also we hear this, that Jesus would destroy the one who had the power of death that is the devil. The, the word destroy here is better understood as to render useless or to nullify. And the way that Jesus would nullify the devil was through his own tool. His greatest power of all was by, by, was by dying on that cross a death that had no sins of his own to pay for. And, and what better way is there for Jesus to show his power as God himself than to beat the devil at his own game with the strongest tool that the devil had, that is death itself. Because Jesus has nullified that old evil foe, we are freed from him and all of his threats. Jesus' work as our brother and our high priest also, lastly, it, it frees us from fear of death. Because the Christian Although they expect to die one day, they know what will happen on the other side. 
that they will get to enjoy that eternal life with their heavenly father, with their brother Jesus, and with every other Christian who has and who is yet to come. And because of this, there's nothing to fear, nothing to be afraid, even though we know that it is surely going to come, assured to us by Jesus. So we are freed from fear of death, even though death will surely come. At least we expect it to come to each and every one of us. But even here, we can have questions. Questions if indeed we have been freed from these things by the sacrifice that our brother Jesus gave up when he gave himself up on that cross. If we have been freed from sin, well then, why does God still hold us accountable for our sins? Why doesn't he just give us a free pass to live however we want if it, the price has been paid for? Or if we've been freed from the devil, well then, why does he still wreck so much havoc and heartache in this world with his temptations and conniving ways? If we have been fear, freed from fear of death, then why does this still worry us so? and so greatly affect what it is that we do in certain situations or the way we react to certain news. While it's true that our struggles in this life can sometimes have us question the work of our Savior as a sacrifice and substitute, let us never doubt the freedom that is surely ours because of our brother who sacrificed himself as our high priest. We are now freed from sin. Because Jesus is our brother. He is our substitute. When he died on the cross, he paid for the price of our sins and that we will not need to pay that price one bit, whatsoever. And as such, we are free from sin. We are holy in God's sight. But that doesn't mean that we're free to sin however we want. After all, if we're children of our Heavenly Father who want to live for him, well then, why would we knowingly go against our Father's wishes? or contribute to the sufferings that our brother endured on that cross. We wouldn't want to. And so we use our freedom to live apart from sin, not to sin however we want. We are now freed from the devil. It is Jesus who nullified the devil, completely beating him through his own power of death that he wields. And we know that we, stand, we don't stand a chance against the devil on our own. But as long as we stand with our Father, and rely on our brother Jesus. We have nothing to fear. Even when the devil lashes out at whoever he gets in the time that is remaining to him, because we stand with the one who has rendered him useless, and he poses us no threat in the end. We're also freed from fear of death, because even though we all expect death, icy grip to touch us, we know what will be ours on the other side, eternal life with our heavenly Father and with our heavenly family. And even though we don't adopt a foolhardy attitude to life or live as if we want to get to heaven the next day because of our own doing, we're not worried. We're not afraid of what is to come. And that's assured to us because of what Jesus has done. As our brother slash substitute, and as our high priest slash sacrifice, to assure us what is ours because of what he has done to be our savior. In this 2021 Christmas season, we've been looking at that manger and asking, what child is this? And hopefully we answer better than what many in the world may say. As the centerpiece of my nativity set at home, 
or the, the cute, cuddly baby that we all go ah over across the whole world. We know who this child is. He's our sacrifice and our substitute. As told to us in Hebrews chapter 2, our brother and our high priest, that as our, as our substitute, he is our brother who is unashamed to be closely associated with us, even though he is far greater and wiser and older than we ever could be when it comes to the family relationship dynamic that he has to us. As our sacrifice, he is our high priest who, is, who intercedes for us by sacrificing himself for our sins. And it's because of his work as our brother and as our high priest, we can be certain that we are freed, freed from our sins, from the devil, from the fear of death. And as such, as we continue to look at that manger and to see what child this is, let us always know who it is that we're looking at. Your brother slash substitute. Your high priest slash sacrifice. And to always rejoice in what is yours because of what he did for you to be your savior. Amen.